The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 32 for just a moment. Isaiah chapter 32, we're so thankful for the uh, blessing of the Holy Spirit in our meeting yesterday and the preaching of the Word. And I was, I had a lot of thoughts and was uh, stirred on really every message, but particularly Brother Paul's message. Brother Paul spent some time in, in John chapter 4 looking at the, uh, the interaction between Jesus Christ and the Samaritan woman at the well. And, you know, the Lord knew and he made preparations beforehand that he must needs go through Samaria and he chose his his travel plans to get there at the exact right place at the exact right time he even sent his apostles away to go and get get some food where it was just him and her but you know for her it was just a regular day she didn't know what was coming you know we're, we're gonna start Lord willing uh, spending some time on the radio, diving pretty in depth on uh, the Lord's providence. And that word, providence, pro means before, um, the root word of the rest of it uh, is, is video, or vi- which speaks of vision. So, vision before. But God has perfect omni- uh, omniscience, so he, he has perfect vision beforehand. But providence is not just omniscience. It's not just um, seeing a need beforehand. It's that he is procuring everything that is necessary for a need that will come in the future. He is preparing everything that is necessary for when that need arises, exactly what you need is there provided for you. And that's what Jesus did in making his preparations to go and minister to this woman at the well there in Samaria. But for her, it was just a regular day. And that's how providence happens, right? <laughs> brother brother uh, Chris talked about Ruth. Her hap was to light yeah. on the field of Boaz. She didn't know what was going on, but the Lord knew what was going on, and Boaz knew what was going on. Boaz knew who she was. She didn't know who he was, but Boaz knew exactly who she was. So it was just a regular day for that Samaritan woman. And she experienced the living water. Jesus talks about that. She experienced that living water. And yet that living water is refreshing. It's refreshing to a thirsty soul. And particularly in her instance, she was currently living in a state of sin. She'd made mistakes in her past, and she was looking for fulfillment and satisfaction and identity in the things of the world, and particularly in marital relationships that, and even non-marital relationships that were inappropriate. She was looking for, she was thirsty, but she didn't know 
what would satisfy her thirst, you see? And there's a lot of people that they're thirsty. They're children. And, you know, we don't know the exact state based on the text there in John chapter 4 if this was a description of conversion or regeneration. My my thoughts are, and they're just that, uh, she had some knowledge, and it may, may have just been head knowledge of worship. She was knew a Messiah was coming, and it seems like maybe she was looking for that Messiah. So I'm going to approach John chapter 4 um, as conversion, not necessarily regeneration. If that's the case, if that's the case, this is a child of God that was making bad decisions because she was looking for, for fulfillment to, for the thirst that she had, she was trying to fill that thirst with the things of the world. And you know what? It didn't satisfy her. But then the living water came. And then, yes, it's, it's refreshing, but also that water is cleansing. Because you know what? She had a good, happy day. Okay? And boy, we can have a good, happy day in worship. But you know what? There were some things that she had to go home and deal with. She had to leave that man that she was living in sin with. She had to make changes because that water is cleansing. It's not just refreshing. Okay? And as I mentioned yesterday, uh, we, we desire not just in our annual meeting, but for every time we approach worship, for it to bear long-lasting fruit. Not just to good, have a good, happy time in the presence of the Holy Spirit, but for us to be more sanctified, for us to be vessels that are more meat for the Master's use. And part of, their intera- part of our interaction with the living water is not just refreshing, it's cleansing. It's cleansing. Isaiah chapter 32, <clears throat> verse 1. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. A man, which is Jesus Christ, okay, a man shall be a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. The reason why it's so vitally important that we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together is there's not much. You, you can get a little bit uh, here and there in the world. I hope you are committed to your private devotions of reading the Bible every day and, and praying without ceasing. And you can certainly taste that living water during those acts of daily devotion. But if you neglect going to the place where you know the fountain of living waters is, you will be parched to where the more thirsty you get, you're not going to have, you know, if you are struggling physically with thirst, how well do you think you're going to run a race? Right? Right? You have to be very well nourished to be able to run, right? And if we are not being constantly refreshed with that living water, you're going to get so thirsty that you're going to you're going to make you're going to get so thirsty that you are you are susceptible to make bad decisions to quench your thirst. Right. 
you know what? That just keeps escalating, escalating, and escalating. And the more you forsake it, the more that you're satisfied with uh, bad water and dirty water and the water of the world instead of the living water, okay? But notice, Jesus Christ here, I love the, the language, uh, he's a covert, he's a protection, he's a refuge for his people. But Jesus Christ is also rivers of water in a dry place. Boy, this world is so dry. You know, Solomon tried to, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. It's such a cautionary tale and it's just it's devastating to see the devotion that Solomon had, the wisdom that he displayed, and then he just, for some reason, wasn't able to bring to his mind or wasn't able to pick back up the words that the Holy Spirit allowed him to write. Um, and later in his life, for some reason, he was trying to satisfy the spiritual thirst that he had with all the things of the world. And essentially, the book of Ecclesiastes is his summary of what he found in trying to satisfy a thirst that only the living water can satisfy. You want to know what his conclusion was of trying to uh, satisfy that thirst for the things of the world? Everything under the sun is vanity and vexation of spirit. Right? Because this world is not overly nourishing for the child of God. It is a dry place. It is arid. And furthermore, it is a wilderness. It is a wilderness. And I want to go very quickly uh, to the book of Exodus. And, and if you've been uh, keeping me up with our Bible reading, you've been reading these recently. And um, they, uh, the children of Israel are, are miraculously delivered from uh, Egyptian bondage. And then uh, they, they kind of corner them there on the uh, corner of the Red Sea. The Lord opens the, the Red Sea. They walk through on dry ground. He, he dumps the water back on the Egyptians and destroys their enemies. And then they have a good, happy worship service in Exodus chapter 15 with the Song of Moses. Okay? But you know what? Exodus chapter 15, 22, verse 22 <clears throat> Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out in the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness with no water. Okay? Three days. Three days. By the way, side note, do not neglect. We don't even neglect the worship uh, every Lord's Day. But if you have an opportunity, and here in this area you do, if you have an opportunity to avail yourself of public worship on a Wednesday, because after three days of this world, let me tell you, you need some more living water. All right? And if you have the opportunity to avail yourself, don't go three more days without partaking of that living water. But, you know, it's been a long time since... Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, sixth grade A and P or something, but um, what I what I have in my head is that three days is pretty close to as far as you can go without having water. Okay, so this is not this is not a fictitious problem. These people are on the verge of dying. Okay, you know now now they were dramatic, ain't no doubt about that, right? They these people have probably, and by the way. We're just as dramatic as they are, mm -hmm. right? 
But this was a real problem. <laughs> this is a real problem. These people were probably on the verge of, of dying from thirst. And then you get so excited because you see water. They show up on these, this, this area here of, uh, it's called Mara. They see water and then they go and they taste it and it's like salt water. They can't drink it. And you, what do they do? They blame the Lord. They blame the Lord. And the Lord is so gracious to make those bitter waters sweet. Um, but the point I want to make here, though, is that I want to highlight a few more things. That the next, uh, the next chapter, then they complain about food. And the Lord gives them what? Manna. Right? And then they get a little bit farther on, the 17th chapter. And notice... <laughs> I, I feel like this is a geographical location, okay? But how interesting is it that this is described as they're having these struggles as the wilderness of sin? Yeah. It's called the wilderness of sin. <laughs> and what happens, number one, when we, Lord forbid, we choose to willingly forsake the, the fountain of living waters. Yeah. But even if you don't willingly do it, this world is just going to wipe you out. Yeah, that's right. Because there's no spiritual nourishment for you. And just three days with no spiritual nourishment, you are going to be so parched. And guess what? When you're physically, thankfully I've never reached that point, uh, but just when I'm working outside for a few hours without having something to drink, you know what? When you come back inside, you might be a little salty with somebody that, and say something that you normally wouldn't say or do something that you normally wouldn't do. Why? Because you are physically not functioning the way you normally would because of a lack of thirst. And just like we've been talking with fear recently, when you let that impact your physiology, you will not make the same decisions you would if you are perfectly nourished and healthy and thinking clearly. Okay? So, they're in the wilderness of sin. <laughs> they're in the wilderness of sin. They get a little thirsty. They start blaming the Lord. But what does the Lord do here? This is what I wanted to get to. Um, Exodus chapter 17. And in the middle of the wilderness where there is no natural water, what does the Lord do for his people? He gives them water out of a rock. He gives them water out of a rock. And we know from the New Testament that rock is Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the rock of ages. And you know what? You know, a sponge, you can squeeze a sponge and you can get some water out of that. You ain't going to squeeze no rock and get water out of rock. Oh, no. Right? That, that is unnatural. Right. <laughs> there is no, if you, it doesn't matter how deep you dive into that rock, there's no water particles in the middle of that rock. But you know what the Lord did? He took something that there wasn't any water in it, and you know, he revived it. Right. He put life into that. He put living water into an inanimate object. And the point of that is to point us to Jesus Christ, Amen. okay? But don't miss the, the lesson here, the type here, that they are wandering in the wilderness of sin. And the Lord gives them, even though, oh, our, as Brother John said yesterday, God is so merciful, 
God is so light. He's not everlasting suffering, <laughs> at least not in a temporal sense. Praise God, he is in, a, in our eternal salvation. But in a temporal sense, he's not everlasting suffering, but he is long suffering. And we're told in the New Testament, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Don't complain. Don't whine. Especially when you have uh, spiritual nourishment in front of you. Don't complain if you're not availing yourself of it. But even despite our complainings, despite our sin, despite us allowing our physical struggles to make, make us make bad decisions and murmur in a way that we normally wouldn't if I, had, if I was totally hydrated right. in the spiritual sense. What does the Lord do? He's still so long-suffering and merciful. He still gives us water out of the rock of ages on a daily basis. Amen. He's just so good. He is the man that brings rivers in a dry place And those rivers come out of the rock, Jesus Christ. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.